and we are back live, or should I say, Olen Juliana, Ja Tervetuloa Standard Deviation Podcast, Simo Mita Kulu. Kuuloakin hyvää, kiitos. Olen oikein, oli, oli mukava viikonloppu, ennen toki kiva aloittaa uusi viikko tässä uuden podcastin parissa ja tai podcast-jakson parissa. Että. Yes. It was really good. It was really good. Like there's a, uh, you know, the, there's a there's some sounds in Finnish that are very difficult to, and, and actually the international, like it's always the stresses yeah. on the first syllable. That was really good. Very very good. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, uh, Finnish for those who, who, yes. who did. <laughs> you're still you're still on the podcast. Uh, it's just that uh, I've been uh, challenged by the amazing team behind MeasureCam Helsinki to learn Finnish, which is a very very challenging feat to do. Mm. It's mostly because I I don't have anything to identify it with because most languages are either Latin or Anglo-Saxon. But where do I put Finnish? Like it's it's it doesn't it's so it's very hard to the intonation and the way the words are be it's super intriguing, but I wanted to do this intro like this because we actually have a huge portion of our listeners uh, from Finland, and I want to say thank you to each kitos. Uh, and kitos yes kitos to uh, mukava very very mukava <laughs> very nice. <laughs> thank you for uh, listening. Like it's like yeah, it's cool. It's it, it ah, doesn't okay. really carry, carry any emotional weight. It's like if you say someone is mukava, it's like yeah, they're okay. Oh, so is kiva more? Is kiva more? Kiva is like uh, way more colloquial. It's like way more like uh, yeah. It's it's more it's it's a nicer word for nice than mukava. Mukava is like you oh. know, you know they're harmless. They're they're harmless. They're mukava. Okay, yeah. there you go. Okay, then kiva. <laughs> Simo, how are you doing besides listening to my embarrassing intro? Oh, it's really good. Like, it's, yeah, it's, you know, hats off because fin- Finnish is certainly a difficult language. Well, all languages are difficult to learn, but as you said, Finnish doesn't really have a frame of reference. It's 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 very easy for Estonians to learn. Let's put it like that, and that's about it. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. We are preparing to in tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. to wake up for vacation time. We're we're finally getting away from the gloom and doom of, of late February, early March in, in Finland and going to the sun. Uh, it's also going to be the first longer trip for our, for our kids. We've never been over six hours in a plane, so it's we'll see what happens. But thank heavens for iPad stacked with series. Um, true to fashion, though, my, my son, uh, so he, he, their daycare ended last week, of course, mm-hmm. and... Uh, on on Saturday he got sick, of course, because we have a vacation coming up. So he got sick, and he 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 got like a high fever and and sniffles, and we were worried that it's just gonna keep us grounded for this week. But he made a miracle recovery after some some careful suggestions from us that he it would be better if he wasn't sick, and then he just wasn't sick anymore. So it's it's pretty good now. <laughs> <clears throat> but I also thought that as like barring COVID. Or any other super contagious, um, like measles or something, um, we're gonna go. Like, like we're we're gonna go. We'll 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 suffer in in the in the hotel if that's what it takes. But we're gonna go as long as they're not like contagious. And we got the like our our doctor said that it's fine to travel, so it's all good now. But it was a little scared that you know this happens every single time. And I think you have some experience with this as well. It is. Oh yeah, they always. It's it's just to keep you on your toes. Just to make sure that you are still sweating, that you don't enjoy <laughs> yourself. So just... the, power, the kids have the power. They the can power. decide if you're going to go on vacation or not. <laughs> exactly. Kids. But yeah. I'm happy he's better. And yeah. uh, I hope you have a great uh, vacation. And I like that we're doing this episode today before your vacation to wrap up like our three-episode mini-series on yeah. uh, working in an agency, being uh, in the leadership of uh, the agency. But yeah. now today, you had a very interesting idea for our guest. So why don't you tell us what do you have prepared for us today? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. So the funny thing is, we didn't plan this ahead. This just happened. That don't we tell them. To, we, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we meticulously uh, drew out. We have this, we have this board where we're pulling strings from one photo to the next and trying to find secret connections and, and you know, we're trying to figure out where Jimmy Hoffa is buried at the same time and all this kind of stuff. But um, yeah, so. It, as it so happened, 
through planning and through serendipity, we have this kind of a trilogy of episodes where we talk about how to be in the business of analytics. And we've, we've discussed it from an agency point of view, like what it's like working for a cool agency with Jen. And then we did an episode with Doug Hall and, and Julian Coquet about um, what it's like to run an agent, what it's like to be in leadership position, a management position in an agency. And today we're going to talk, talk more about what it's like to actually build a business um, around the kind of industry of analytics, what it's like to actually start from, from scratch um, and, and just building, building a product, building content. And in our little niche industry of digital analytics, there's one person who's done it all, like almost literally, he's, he's, he's been all over the place and his, he's tried, he's done content creation. He's done YouTube. He's done, um, uh, he's, he's even built courses on how to build courses. So like meta levels, yeah, and he's built courses on how to build an agency. So he's really, really, really put his himself out there in in how to uh, develop these skills and how to build these how to build these um, comprehensive business ideas around analytics, which isn't easy because when you think about analytics, it's just a uh, you know it's just bits and pieces. It's it's a side product. It's like a, a byproduct of what you actually want to measure. So it's going to be interesting to talk with our guest about this and and other things also. His his traveled the world and he's really lived the kind of what I what what in my mind when I think about the perfect entrepreneur model is is you're lounging in a in a deck chair in the Bahamas and sipping a Mai Tai or whatever makes sense back over there and um and you might get a little jingle in your email every now and then but you'll you know manana you'll go to it some you'll you'll check it out later. And I think he's lived that life. So we we want to talk about that. Well let me ask you, Julian. What is what does this? Um, wh- what do these topics raise in your mind? Like, have, is this when you think about the perfect entrepreneur model? What what do you see? Is is that what you see, or is it like just grinding hard work twenty four seven? Well, a lot of people might not notice about me, but in two thousand and sixteen, I had my own company and I failed miserably with it. Oh yeah. Um, in two thousand sixteen, I started a consultancy company after working in uh, sales and marketing. I was, I told, as everyone knows, I was started in sales and marketing. So I decided that I can do it better than the people that I was working for, and I left that company. That I was, uh, it was this call center, BPO center, and I left that company. I managed to to do it right for a year or two. It was the first time I felt that I have money. <laughs> it was like, oh, money. And I actually had employees as well. I had two employees and I was paying salaries and I couldn't sleep at night because I was afraid that I cannot pay them and they were depending on that money. But I couldn't keep it afloat more than two years because I couldn't scale outside myself. So when mm. you cannot scale outside yourself, which is a very big problem in people that start the entrepreneurship you know, journey, when you are trying to scale projects and scale different clients and, you know, employees is super hard to do it if you don't have somebody to work with. And I noticed it's a pattern in all the um, other entrepreneurships or businesses that we know it's somebody that is the visionary, like how mm-hmm. I was the, the person that sees stuff, but then it's also another person that's more calm and that can take care of operations, can take care of, you know, everything that actually means to run a business. So it was a very rude awakening for me. So then I left that uh, that consultancy, uh, you know, company that I had back then. I closed it. Then I joined Omni Convert and I closed it. And I don't talk too much about this or I didn't talk too much about this because it's one of those things that sticks to my head as a failure. And I learned from it a lot. But that doesn't mean that one day I don't see myself going back at it. But I wouldn't go to become a consultant. But yeah, it's also very, um, always like it, it, it's somehow overhyped in a way, in my opinion, the whole entrepreneurship stuff, because mm-hmm. it's a lot of things that you need to know and to be able to deal with to run a successful business. So I'm very curious to know what mm-hmm. our guest, uh, you know, what was his experience with scaling, but you are a very, you know, successful, I would say entrepreneur right now, you, you should tell me like, how did you manage? Well, I mean, I'm. I don't know. Successful. I'm at, I'm at least I'm making ends meet. I think that's the the key part. So for me, scaling was never the problem. Um, I always had just enough contracts to yeah. keep accumulating capital. I think that was for me the whole whole thing was that I, I'm able to pay myself a salary, and then I'm able to stock some like you know stockpile assets. You know whether it's like whether it's um, investments or whatever. But the key thing was that I, every month I I could 
invoice more than I spend, which is kind of, you know, a, a guaranteed way to build a sustainable business. Um, but for me, it was always, I couldn't go the entrepreneurship route until I had planned and secured those couple of contracts. Otherwise, it would never, I, I couldn't have jumped. Like I'm not, I, I, I have the hugest respect for people who dare to take the plunge and maybe start looking for investment money. Uh, for me, it was always like, if I can't bootstrap it, it's not, it doesn't make sense. I don't want to. And the other, and the other thing which we, which we've talked about in previous episodes is that I don't want to go, I don't want to be an employer. You know, I don't, I don't want to hire people. I don't want to manage people. So for me being like a solo consultant um, was always very painless again, because of those couple of contra contracts that made sure that I always get my, you know, that I'm always in the, in the black. And, um, and then Simmer is of course a completely different story. And, and there we, there we had a product and we, we actually tried it, but moving to entrepreneurship for me, it was, it was never about being at the Bahamas <laughs> and, and, and even though that would be cool for me, it was more like, I don't have to work five days a week for someone when I can do that same stuff myself, do the bills and learn a crazy amount of things at the same time. Because when you're an entrepreneur, especially when you're a solo entrepreneur, you have to oh, learn yeah. a lot of stuff. And it's like just the amount of unrelated skills to what I actually do, what I've managed to accumulate over the years is just, I'm just so proud of that. I'm, it's really cool. I, I can, we have an accountant, of course, which is like my number one tip to anybody who's starting businesses to find a good accountant. A good lawyer yeah. is a good good number two tip, but the just the fact that I know how how the VAT model works in the EU is mind blowing because it's not it's not a it's very messy. So for me, it's it's about it's about being able to dictate my own schedules and being able to learn on my own dime, um, not have to go to anyone asking for permission to do something. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I understand where you're coming from. Like it's, it's, um, there are different ways to step into it. And of course, different countries also support entrepreneurs in different ways. In Finland, it was very difficult to start a business. Um, even already when, like when I built, when I started my first business, it was difficult. You had, you had to have an initial capital. Um, yeah. and, and, and then you, you know, if you create a limited liability company, there were all these hoops you have to run through. Now you don't even need that capital. Now you can just start a business. Like you can start an LLC if you want without any initial investment. It's not too wise, of course, but because you should always have some capital to start with. But um, it's it's still... Um, and then, of course, taxation is another thing. It's and, and we have this mandatory pension funds and everything. So it's like small business owners aren't exactly treated always that well. Shocking, I know. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like the people. It's no differentiation in terms of the tax and um, uh, the the cost that you need to cover every year or yeah. every month, depending on your um, billing uh, cycle. Uh, for me, that is a one person company right now because I am working as a contractor, so I have my own company, so I pay my own invoices, I pay my own bills, my taxes. So I'm still, in a way, an entrepreneur, just that I'm a dedicated entrepreneur with one client. Um, but it's, it's very hard and I agree um, I just want to give a shout to my accountant I have the same accountant since 2016 yeah <laughs> that's the best friend you can have in uh, absolutely lifesaver to have uh, an accountant um, yeah uh, business is uh, so many skills that you learn that you never think that you will have to learn and they're so different than what you do but it helps and the bureaucracy and the yeah I, I relate to it. So that's why it's hard to scale because there's so many things. And um, yeah, I would love to go back to it at some point. I'm not sure if I would go as I had it initially with employees. I don't think I can deal with that. That's part of the reason mm -hmm. when, when we talked in the episode with uh, Doug and Julian that I don't want to be in a management position. Yeah. I can't. Like, I don't, I don't have no more. <laughs> the, the older you get, the more you become like, I don't want to have to deal with it. So peace is very um very important but simo before we introduce our guest i want to invite you mm -hmm. to take um a trip with me in this elevator <laughs> <laughs> but sorry that was funny but let's, let's let's step into this elevator right now
this is a low investment elevator song. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a lot like the kind of stuff we have in our simmer videos to start those co- <laughs> start each video. Like oh man, you know, it's really, and I really didn't, I didn't, pl- I didn't plan it. I promise. But yeah. this is the sign that I want you to do the ad for Simmer. Yeah. So yes, I I got that from the from the weird music segue. But um, yeah, Simmer <laughs> again. Um, I'm always happy to talk about our little company. Um, we do online courses, bite-sized, task-based, self-paced, and all the other hyphenated buzzwords. Um, <laughs> we, do, we, we teach technical marketers the kind of skills we believe technical marketers need to have. We don't know if they actually need those skills, but we got good feedback for the courses, so we think that we're doing a good job. And um, uh, check out the platform. We sponsor this podcast, by the way. That's why I always talk about Simmer, so we... we, we we take our right to to talk a bit about our company. And um, so check out teamsimmer.com um, and use the coupon code DEVIATE, that's D-E-V-I-A-T-E, for 10% off your individual course purchase. One thing I do want to mention about Simmer, finally, uh, we are getting a new website and we're doing a complete Yay. redesign. Uh, so that should be out in a couple of months, hopefully with a brand new kind of surprise course reveal at the same time, which I might allude to in future episodes. But that's Very it. exciting. Yeah, we get the music back. Uh, I also would like to add before I, we go down to the elevator in the lobby to get our guests. <laughs> oh my God, I'm, I'm on fire today. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to add that people should, uh, should um, subscribe to the newsletter. You send a newsletter mm-hmm. now and then. I don't know the cadence. We try to do every two weeks every two weeks but it's pretty good and you're sharing a lot of resources and i think it's it's worth signing up to the newsletter because you will get you know like the latest news or the latest tools yeah. or the latest things that happen in our industry and i think it's a very good curated uh thank email you that is yeah no i wanted to do that like four episodes ago but now <laughs> i said today it's the day and we we also have uh, a YouTube channel with with uh, blog tutorials and everything. So so check that one. check that out as, out as well. We'll add those to the video notes, as per yes. usual. And now let's go I'm back to the lobby. I just need the music. You know, doesn't, you're right. you, doesn't really put you in the mood to just start learning about technical marketing stuff over JavaScript. video. JavaScript. That's exactly yeah. the type of elevator music that I've chosen for our for our Yes, music. I and know. I, I did. When I actually hear it, it sounds horrible, like such a terrible, nondescript, <laughs> blank, like emotionless dis- choice of music for online courses. For this podcast, <laughs> it's perfect. But uh, yeah. Man, we had that. I, I did, like on the BigQuery course, we did some more like metal stuff with distorted guitars and everything. Um, but yeah, we have that in so many places. It's embarrassing. Man, I have to You should, you should get like some Pearl Jam. You got to take some. I've actually got a, I've got a key. I've actually got a, like a, a key, MIDI keyboard here and I've got an electric guitar there. I always plan to do the music myself, but I've never gotten to it. But I'll just, yeah, maybe I'll just start inspired, getting inspired build my oh. own like elevator music workshop <laughs> you should <laughs> yeah for sure anyway so who, who um, do we have here today simon yes, we forgot to say mystery. his name enough mystery especially because the name is visible in the episode <laughs> episode name as well so, uh yeah we have mr jeff sauer he's my absolute one of my absolute best friends in the industry we met um 2014 super week we met for the first time we've been of course hanging out online before that and um, uh, he's he's a wonderful guy. Lots of stories to tell about his career as a as a business owner, and hopefully about his career as a digital nomad. Because I want to I want to talk about that as well. He really did it. He really he he and his wife they they pulled the plug from sta- stationary lives and just traveled around the world and worked from wherever. So on the heels of me moving to an amazing adventure in the Canary Islands in our little hotel for the family, I want to hear about his experience of what it's like to um, live the dream as an entrepreneur. So let's, I think Jeff is anxiously in the lobby waiting to be let in. Our elevator just hit the bottom floor. There was a bit of a scare there because it just stopped mid-floor. Um, but we're now in the bottom and we're ready to let him in. So let's let's get uh, Jeff in. Jeff is here. He came out of the gate laughing at me. Which is us, which is how we usually meet, which is great. Good to have you here, man. <laughs> how are you? Got to keep you honest. I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. 
we had a we had a nice, lovely chat with Juliana before you came on. Had our chance to unload our our worries about what you'll be like as a guest. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what did we talk about, Juliana? I, I can't even remember. It was such a long time ago. I know you want to ask uh, Jeff a lot of things, but before you do that, I'm very curious about. Uh, so Simon was mentioning that you had like this nomadic lifestyle entrepreneur going in different places, working on the beach, sipping margarita, I mean, obviously, or whatever, Mai Tai. And uh, I just want to know, because a lot of people glamorize, obviously, entrepreneurship and don't understand that besides the cool parts, it's also a lot of struggle. I just want to know from your experience, how was it to uh, have like this type of digital nomad lifestyle and work style? And not only like what were the great parts, clearly, but like what were the things that you were you know, struggling with, uh, doing this. Yeah. I'd love to, to talk about that. So funny the working from the beach, I tried it one time in Bora Bora and I dropped my external hard drive and it. It was like less than a foot and it broke. And then I lost all my pictures from like the th previous three months. And so <laughs> working from the beach is not very glamorous and I do not recommend it. Zero stars. <laughs> um, you get sand in a lot of things. Sand shouldn't be in those things. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, uh, I definitely live the laptop lifestyle, but working from the beach was one of those things where you try it and you realize that it's not very good. Um, not very, not great. You get the, the laptop heats in your lap, you're hotter than ever. Um, so that's, that's one of the few things that I, I learned quickly is glamorized, but not realistic at all. And so I, I, I did, I did work from a laptop for five years, no permanent address, um, for That's a long incredible. time. So I can definitely talk about that. Um, but, but there's a lot of things to learn, you know, so, so my journey, the just, I'll talk about the nomad part, um, basically convinced my wife over the course of a year to quit her job, my job, you know, working in the, in the internet, as you probably know, like you could, I've been, you all probably said this, like I can work from anywhere. All I need is an internet connection and my computer. <laughs> I had been testing that theory since like 2004, 2005. I was like, I can work from anywhere, but I never really acted on it. I just sort of dreamed about it for a long time. And then I got married and I was like, Hey, Hey, my wife, um, Hey wife's name. Um, let's do this. And she's like, no, <laughs> like I wouldn't be able to have my job. I wouldn't be able to do all the different things that come along with employment. And that would be a really bad financial idea and a bad idea overall. But then I, I sort of, wore her down over the course of that year. So we took everything and threw it into a storage unit and just hopped through the Pacific, a bunch of different islands in the Pacific Ocean until we realized that we could do it and, and until we realized that it was actually a sort of a fun way to go about things. And so that was that was sort of the, you know, it took a lot of convincing to get there. But even when I when I started doing it, I spent the first three to five months just trying to convince other people about how cool my life was that I was doing that. So you I were like a vegan. That's yeah, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, this will be for Doug and Julie. Doug if he listens, but it's like reminds me of my favorite joke. You meet a, a vegan who does CrossFit. What do they talk about first? Um, but it's like <laughs> um, it's sort of like uh, it's sort of like um, digital nomads are the same way. All they want to talk about is being a digital nomad. They want to talk about all the places they've been. They count through countries like they're like real places where real people live. Like they're they're, they're counting stamps. You know, it's like it's crazy how people do that. Um, and I, and I was that way. I was that way for the beginning. All I did was just post on Facebook and I never actually got any work done. I didn't make any money. <laughs> I was thinking like we were at, at the point where we're like, we're probably gonna have to go back and get jobs now. <laughs> After the first like three or four months, we're like, yeah, this is drying up. Like we got a lot going out, not a lot going in. And so it was definitely like, it was sort of almost the first time that I did it was just an extended vacation. And so mm -hmm. I think a lot of us can relate to that, right? Like you're burnt out from your job. You're burnt out from giving your all client meetings, all that stuff. And, yeah. and okay. So we spent the first few months burning or, you know, burning it out or getting rid of the burnout or healing took my wife, maybe a year and a half to finally heal from the trauma of being like on the partner track at an accounting firm. Oh I was, God. I had already had some time to process it, but yeah. So then, then eventually it was like, okay, well now we actually have to make money if we want to keep on doing this, which started off another chapter. But in hindsight, that's fine, right? I mean, in hindsight, it's 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 probably cool that you had 
that extended vacation to get things started. And, and maybe you wouldn't have healed that well if you, you know, if you had just started grinding immediately, getting those dollars yeah. to come. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't wait for that next time I get to do that. <laughs> I dream about those days right now, <laughs> like, cause, cause I'm back in the grind and yeah, I think unfortunately there's not other than sabbaticals, there's really no way to, to get out of the grind and to heal yourself in the corporate world or in the productivity world at all, other than just doing something drastic, like saying, I'm going to quit or I'm going to, I'm going to forego this compounding value of having a job or making money and stuff like that. And just, you know, stay to your principles and be like, okay, well, this one's not about all about money. This is about us. This is about our, like how we say we lived at the end. Cause like, that'll be something that will define me forever at this point. Um, even though I'm not doing it anymore. But yeah. how do you do it's that? Sorry, Simo, it's just no, no, no. You, 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 you touched like a very personal, um, I guess, uh, chord uh, within me because after I uh, left CXL, I was thinking I, I, I should just go on my own. Remember, mm -hmm. Simo, I even told you I talked to so many people in the industry, but I, I chickened out because I feel like somehow psychologically I'm connected to the mental safety of that paycheck that comes every month. Yeah. <laughs> And sure. it's like, I feel like that's like the biggest hurdle that I need to get over, you know, get over to be able to, 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 to dip myself again in the, in that type of world. Because before you joined, I was sharing with Simo that I actually started my own uh, consultancy back in 2016 and I failed miserably because I couldn't scale outside myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And those are like the lessons that I know Simo has a lot of questions about, but like, what would be, and I know a lot of people that are sitting right now getting that paycheck, getting that insurance money, that's very important for countries like US where health is, you know, big, the biggest business. Yeah. <laughs> um, like my question is like, what would be some arguments or like things that you would, from your experience that you could share with people that are on the fence about just going, not doing necessarily the nomadic style, but just being, you know, like on their own and starting their own thing. Yeah. So it's like the iceberg picture. You ever see that where it's like, the iceberg yeah. cracks and then there's like this huge thing beneath it. Yeah. I, my plan to become financially independent and a nomad and all that stuff, it started with a lot of debt, <laughs> like 10 years before I went in full nomad. So it was a 10 year manifestation. The first thing was I was, I, I spent a lot of money on credit cards and I was like taking credit card to pay off another credit card. And then I take another credit card to pay off another credit card. So I was in debt. I actually paid for the rest of my college on a credit card because I didn't have any money. <laughs> and I, and so, and I, I was just like the guy who was like buying, opening up a credit card to pay off the other credit cards. So that was, that was like my existence for a few years when my, in my early twenties, cause I, I wanted more than I had. <laughs> I wanted more. I wanted to buy more things now because I, I saw a lifestyle. I went to a, a college where there's a lot of people who are really wealthy. Mm -hmm. I didn't come that way. And I was like, okay, I want that. And I, and I didn't realize that, that, I, 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 did, I didn't realize I couldn't get that from a job until I was in the job for the second year. And I was like, oh, it's not working. So I started freelancing, taking on gigs. And I lived at the same means from when I was in credit card debt than I did until my agency was an Inc. 5000 agency. Um, until we were making all this money, I was getting the partner dividends, the distributions, all that money just went into an account. I just threw it in there. And by the time that, and then, and then it started to go south where I was like, I'm not fulfilled anymore. This is not, I don't want my legacy to be that I helped a client go from, you know, 10% conversion rate to an 11% conversion rate. Like that was, wasn't my life's calling. I was like, I get more satisfaction being in a classroom and watching people's eyes light up when they realize that analytics doesn't have to be hard and that they can actually set the direction. Um, I like the series inserting yourself into this thing. I like it. I like that feeling when, when somebody didn't think they were capable and then realized they were capable, they just hadn't been presented the problem the right way. So I, I decided that I wanted to be a teacher, not a, not a consultant. And so I, I saved up five years worth of expenses because I'm crazy and I didn't ever want to be in debt again. I didn't ever want to be in debt to anyone or anything. And I was like, I'm, I was just, I started reading financial independence blogs. I, I just learned to save and I just lived so far below my means that I could, we could have traveled for five years without making a dollar and we would have been fine. Um, and so then it made it a lot easier to make the decision. So like I, when I went in to quit 
my agency, most people, when they're going in to quit, everybody knows it, right? Like everybody's like, yeah, they're, they're obviously going to quit. They were so blindsided. They're like, what, <laughs> why would you do this? This is like, like you have your table set for you. We're making all this money. We're doing great. You're like a partner. You're, you're, you know, this is great. You're like, you're well known. And I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, I'm not going to reach my goals any faster by being here. And so I was like, I'm just going to go, <laughs> I'm just going to, I need to leave, leave the state of Minnesota. I need to go and see what's out there. Um, and, and that, and they accepted it and sort of went that way. And then it's still, from when I left Minnesota, it still was like another year and a half or from when I left my agency until we started nomading. So it was sort of this thing where I needed to make sure we were in a good financial position. I needed to make sure that I had, a, that I, I didn't have a plan when I quit the agency. I spent 18 months just figuring out what my plan was going to be, how I was going to be able to make money without having a residence. You know, um, that was when online courses started to become a thing. I was already teaching in a classroom. So I was like, okay, I think I can make a little bit of money off of this thing, doing this experiment with it. But then I'm not taking client calls when I'm in New Zealand. Like I'm not, I'm not like working all throughout the clock. I can actually do this on my own timeline. So it's a little bit different than freelancing because freelancing, um, you just need a handful of clients and then, and then very clear definition of what you do, um, and what you don't do. Right. That that's, that's a whole nother plan. This one was more like, I have a runway and I'm going to figure out a business that can support that runway a little bit longer. So I sort of got into it in a little, a weird different way than maybe you would have in a freelancing business. But this is interesting that you, you, you started the agency and, and obviously for a long time, it was your thing. Like this is what you were really proud of and you were, you were building yeah. it. You saw that it grew and, and, and made people wealthy and, and gave people a living. Um, how easy, but, you think that it's kind of your child. How easy was it to actually package it up, sell it forward and, and, and do something else? Did you ever feel like you're, you're giving up something that's really, you know, part of your heart and soul, or was it just a step you needed to take in order to realize your other life goals? Yeah. Um, it was, it was both easy and hard. It, it was, I, I never had any hole in my, in my heart for another client call. <laughs> like I never like, I never like, Oh man, I wish that I could talk to a client and have them not appreciate what I do. <laughs> that, that part was easy. Um, the people, I miss the people a lot because I, I developed, I helped a lot of people develop their careers. I'd say there's at least, you know, there's, there's a lot of people out there who make a lot of money because I helped them make a lot of money in their careers, but they're all in leadership positions at big companies. Now they're all like managers and directors and, and VPs at their companies. So they, If, if I would have been there, they wouldn't have been able to go up anyway. So like they were on their path. Like I just was, I was just there during their path and helped them maybe get there a little bit faster. Even people yeah. that I've hired outside of that, even people I've trained at the university, they're all like VPs and presidents now. Like they're like, I, I just, I'm just somebody that they talk to on their way. So I, the people it's like actually being with them every day, eventually they don't need you anymore. And then you're getting in their way. So I didn't, that part wasn't bad. It was actually the expense account that I really missed, the steak dinners, the flying anywhere I wanted to and, and having the company pay for it, going to going to things, expensive food, expensive booze. Like those are the things that I really missed the most about that business is that I had to eat crap for like years and be very austere with what I spent because I didn't have any money. It wasn't there's was nobody paying it. There's nobody bankrolling it. It was bootstrapped. So that was probably the hardest part for me. Right. That's pretty cool because one of the things we talked about Juliana with Juliana when we started this podcast season was that you know we know that our listeners are 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 love some topic and we want to activate that within them. So what you were doing in the agents is you were activating people who already are probably very proficient and have skills but they don't know it yet in a way. Yeah. And I think that's a very for me with Simmer that was a very very easy flow from one to the next, because that's what we do as instructors, right? We try to activate things yeah. that we know that the person is capable of. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a, that's a really cool one. Yeah. I think I would even go as far as say, that's probably my life's calling is to activate potential in people who don't know they have it, but they do. Yeah. And they need expensive that. steaks and, and, and travel, travel in, in luxury. Yeah. And yeah. if I get some nice steaks and, and tasting menus out of it, that's just yeah. a bonus. <laughs> so, I'm I'm scrolling your YouTube feed or your video list, and there's just so much. And I I I met you for the first time in Super Week 2014. Actually, I was I was walking in the lobby, and and some some dude just shouts, "Hey, you're Simo!" And I was like, "Hey, you're probably Jeff." <laughs> and um, we had of course met online before, and um, so I knew I knew you from the Jeffalytics times when you had a, an analytics blog, and you one of your biggest 
um, content pieces back then, which got a lot of traction, was the periodic table of, of Google Analytics. And since Jeff Analytics, like you've done so many things. I'm looking, there's the Jumpstart podcast, where I was also a guest at one point, where you were talking about how to jumpstart your career in, in digital marketing. Um, you've obviously done um, courses in many different guises. You've done like analytics courses. You've actually done courses on how to build courses. You've done mm -hmm. courses on how to build an agency. So it sounds like for you, and, and now I'm looking at it, it's slowly but surely converting more and more into just instruction, how to do things, how to do things. And in the latest videos, there's some completely different person on the videos, yes. which is fine. It, it does look a little bit like you. So I was first just checking <laughs> out something something off in my eyesight. But so it sounds to me like you, you started as a content creator and content creation has always been a big thing for you. And you did the crazy 90 videos and 90 blogs in 90 days challenge as well. And now I think you're, let me get, get this trade if I've understood correctly, you, you're enjoying a position where you are developing curricula, you're, you're, you're building your course platforms, but you also have other people helping you out. So it's not just you putting the word out anymore. You actually have a team of people who, so you've built a business around courses now. Isn't that where you are today? Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about that. So first of all, shout out to Urosh, who's, who is the guy who's on those, the most recent videos. He was a student in my first ever course within the first week, he bought it. He lives in Serbia. He bought that my PPC course in 2015. Um, and he, I told him, I, I, he, he's like, Hey, can I be with you? Can we like work together? And so he became my video editor. He's run ads for us. He's done, he's, he's blogged. He's now our YouTube video talent. He's been our editor for a long time. You, you probably heard him. He edited your podcast, Simo. So he's been with me forever. And, and that's part of why, you know, behind, somebody who's prolific, there's a prolific team and a team who just gets it done. So he's, he's amazing. And, um, and the whole team is amazing. And, and yeah, that's, that's a big part of it is getting people in their roles in specialty roles, um, versus doing it all yourself because it allows you to get not, not just do more things, but, but fail faster and try things faster too. So that's been a big thing for me is a lot of what I do you could call it prolific. I'm, I'm, I'm prolific. I put out a lot of stuff, a lot of content. Maybe I don't think anybody would has ever put up more content than me that I've seen in that, in the time that we do it. Other than maybe a few people like Simo. Um, I just use a different medium than you do, right? I'm, I'm more of a different, different way of delivering it, but it's because of the team and, and experimentation. So I'm, I'm very much, you know, there was no manual for doing what I wanted to do in my life at every step. There's no manual on how to run an agency, how to be a freelancer, how to do Google ads, how to do Google analytics. There was nothing. There was no way to do it, how to be a nomad, how to do anything. Like, there was very little resources out there every step of what I chose to do. And so I had to go out there, figure it out on my own, and then become a resource for other people. And so part of why, why I like to teach is that I want the next group of people that are struggling like I did. I want to make it easier for them. I want to make it more accessible to them and I want to help them improve their situation faster. So I, I do that a lot of times through different, different formats. Um, a lot of them are experimental. Like I did a podcast. I, I, I thought it, it went pretty well. I had, you know, thousand, a couple thousand listeners an episode, and then I just wasn't fulfilled by it anymore. So I said, okay, let's try a video. And then we did the 90 day challenge sort of at the same time. Um, yeah. YouTube and I, and I thought it was going well. And then I, then I was like, you know what? I think I've actually peaked for what I can do on YouTube unless I become a YouTuber. So I'm going to sort of hand that over to, to another team member. Same with blogging. I, I peaked as a blogger because I, I write based on impulse and I'm more of a starter than I'm a finisher on a lot of stuff. Um, so I was like, I proved it out and then I hand it over and that's sort of where, you know, the, the, and then, the, then as far as the business goes, yeah, I mean, the, the majority of the revenue for my business comes in from courses and memberships. So, so it's a little bit of a few different ways of doing it. Um, courses are, you just, you know, you can either watch recorded videos and learn something, or you can do the live ones where you learn with me. Um, we have a pretty healthy community at data driven where we, people are, you know, we basically, we go through these things together. So it's a little bit more hands-on, a little bit more involved, but those are ways to, to then, you know, fund the top of funnel stuff, which you're talking about, right? So yeah, you, you, you know, basically the business is pretty well balanced as far as all the different aspects, because you know, the, the revenue maker then supports other, 
other endeavors, other endeavors, other ways of driving people in, if that makes sense. Um, if, if everything that you're saying, I'm like, me too, me too. <laughs> I feel the same. Yeah, I, always, I, I really admire everything that you're saying. And I think sometimes people do have a lot of potential, but they cannot see it because they're fighting with their own, I guess, insecurities and lack mm -hmm. of confidence. So having somebody as a guide, not necessarily even an instructor, like you're a facilitator, you're facilitating people, uh, you know, like an opening to a world of possibilities, like you're showing them what's possible and people can um, learn how to choose what's true to uh, through themselves. And also working in the course industry and the e-learning industry for so long myself, I know that it's so fulfilling. And uh, I'm I, Fred Pike always mentions you. And as, uh, everyone is mentioning you and I think it's a very amazing way to, to, to build the legacy by just helping people. And the funny part is all the people that I know that, that worked with you or learned from you are also paying it forward to other people. Yeah. Which I think that's really cool. Yeah. That's what really makes it, you know, like it's a whole, you know, like every world uh, affects the other world in a positive way. So I think that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. I do have a, a question regarding the course uh, business and then, um, uh, I mean, what one thing that I was struggling with at CXO when I was there was making sure that the courses that we deliver are in are timely with the market. So we were doing so much research and yeah. that, that research was killing me. And I just want to ask you like very, very, I guess, simple question is how do you know what courses to build or what different trainings to do to make sure you're helping people? Yeah. Yeah. So there's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot, right? So the, the idea it's interesting. I, I have a counter counter perspective on the idea of what's up to date and what's current. Um, because of the way that I try to teach is not about the latest and greatest. I try to teach you how to think about the world and how to make a business case for all these things existing. And like that's Fred Pike of, of all people. He says, that's what's different about me than any other trainer in this area is that most people are like, here's where you click. Here's how you use these things. Here's the latest and greatest technology. And I'm more like, do you even need this? Do you, is this even important? Does your, is, are you, if you show this to somebody, are they going to give a crap at all? And then also what is your strategy? What's the framework you're using to, to make this thing? So I try to make this vast world a little bit easier to do by helping provide the pictures, helping provide the strategies, helping provide the frameworks that then you can use to pull data in. So most people, if they teach Google analytics for, they teach, exactly what Google Analytics 4 is. And I try to always say, why do you, why would you even need this in a business setting? So I always try to relate it to back to the business that is sponsoring this knowledge you have, which is a little bit different. And then I think when you do focus on that, then, then people are more forgiving when a button moves. Like I did an entire Google Analytics course about something and then they moved the configurations tab, you know, from, you know, they moved to the back end, and I was like, you know, if like, do I have to go update the course or do I, do I give people enough credit that they can go freaking click around and figure it out themselves? Like I honestly, if somebody says, Hey, this wasn't there, then I tell them, Hey, is that what you're trying to learn here? Or do you want to just, you know, you can give a refund if you're, if you're learning where, where to click buttons, you shouldn't have bought the course in the first place. You shouldn't have paid hundreds of dollars for my course when Google tells you how to do that for free. <laughs> like, you know, like, like I'm, I'm sort of, I'm standoffish in a little bit of people thinking that, that what they're learning is exacts when what I'm learning is concept when I'm teaching them is concepts, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, that's sort of where I just keep myself up at night because if somebody can learn a concept from me, they will never lose that. They'll never forget it. And they will be able to teach that to somebody else. If they're learning where to click, then, then they're not really learning anything. They're learning how to be a trained monkey, right? Like that's not what I want them to be. I want them to be able to think for themselves. And so the best honor I have is when somebody thinks from themselves and then is like, Hey, you know what? That course, yeah, you should have updated the interface and, and I feel guilty about that. Don't get me wrong, but they, but they still learned, they still learned the concepts because basically that the, uh, what I've been teaching is timeless. It's just how you do it. That changes almost every single week. Julian asked as the sponsor of this podcast, I think we're going to have to cut all of that out because it's basically <laughs> exactly not what Simmer does. But yeah, no, but I want to say that I understand we your point. We will cut it. Yeah. Uh, no, but I get what you're saying. I think understanding the concepts and the context, like something I'm very fan of, I spoke about it that super weekend or everywhere. I'm like the context person. I think it's important to learn first 
to understand the logic first, but I also see the value of doing a course that actually shows you, yeah. you know, like how to navigate, yeah. for instance, not not GA4, I'm not like, GA4, it's a constant, you know, change, but things like SQL or things like are like, they're timely too, but in a different way. When you're learning a programming language, mm-hmm. they're also timely because it's the same language, but it's 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 a different way of learning. And I think yeah. the, what Simo sh- shared in the late, uh, third episode, I think, uh, that uh, JavaScript course that teaches you the, um, the mental models behind JavaScript, right? It shows you the concept and where you can apply JavaScript, but learning JavaScript per se, it's a, it's a different thing. I think both of them matter, but I do understand where you're coming from in digital marketing, where when it's a very big problem, when you're trying to play, um, paste different uh, technologies or clicks or whatever mm-hmm. on things that don't make sense, like, why would you do all this stuff if the business that you're serving doesn't, you know, they're, they're yeah. not compatible? Well, and sorry, I, I, have to, I have to jump in there because I might have sounded like I was saying I don't want to keep things up to date. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true at all, right? Um, but but it, like, just an example. So I did a I did something with CXL maybe 2016, and people still I, I remember, on LinkedIn, yeah. people still on LinkedIn say, "Hey Jeff, I loved your CXL course." And I was like, what yeah. course? I haven't done something in eight years, you yeah. know, or seven years there. And and it turns out that they that that is still timeless. It's still in the academy and they still get value from it. Yeah. But at the same time, I've actually I wanna I wanna I don't wanna sound like I don't update my courses. That's that's not how I wanna come off. We started updating them live. So now I'm actually doing live cohorts where mm-hmm. I do the course live with an audience, with a group, and they get to learn with me. And then those become the recordings of our courses. And so we're doing those once every quarter or so. And so basically nothing will be more than six months old in our, okay. in our academy as we start doing these live ones. And so we are, we are, we found that's a good way to update it is to do it live with an audience. They can, they, they actually pay a little bit more to be live because it's more intensive and they get to have their right. questions answered right there. And then we also have a community where they can ask questions throughout. And so we, we are updating things more than ever now um, with this new model, as opposed to recording videos and just letting anybody buy it a la carte. So by doing the live updates, we're keeping our recorded stuff up to date, but we're offering a much better experience like the classroom for yeah. those who want to learn. So we found that's the best of both worlds. No, that's true. I love the cohort-based type of courses because you can ask different questions. If you have the recording, maybe the person who watches this has similar questions or things that they didn't think about. And when hearing that live, I was like, oh, shit, this is actually very useful for me. Yeah. No, that's a better way. I mean, courses in general, it's a very hard business. It, it is. But it's, it's super fulfilling. Super fulfilling. Just, and just, just, yeah. Yeah. I, I really like Jeff's approach, like in, in general about finding a niche because that's what it is. Like you, you, you mentioned that. All these things yeah. you've been doing, nobody's built content around you. you. Made it sound like, damn, why hasn't anyone built content? When it's actually, yeah, no one's built content for this. <laughs> so you find, you find a niche, and you and you're trying to fill that, figure out how to fill that. And and you know, you've traveled enough, and you've been in enough businesses, and you've done consultation for long enough that if you get a feeling like somebody should create content for this, then there's going to be like thousands of people thinking the same thing. It can't mm-hmm. be just your weird mind working that way, but you you have an instinct for that. So that's a, I think one of the things that's fabulous about your journey to me has always been that you are a business owner and a business leader and you've had experience working as a, like an agency owner as well. So you know how rigid things can get, but looking at just, again, I'm just looking at your YouTube videos. It's, it's smooth. There's transitions. You know, you can see this is Jeff version one, this is Jeff version two, this is Jeff version yeah. three. And that's really, really, really cool. Like that kind of agility is something you don't get if you're managing a partnered company with with hundreds of employees and um, you, you just can't pivot like that. If you say, you know, I hate our product, let's do something else. You're just going to alienate your entire board and they'll kick you out. Yeah. So you, 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 yeah. That's what that's and that's really cool. Like that's exactly what I thought about what 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 entrepreneurship at its best is that you can pivot. You, if you're bootstrapping, you can pivot freely because it's your own funds you're exp- exploiting. And and hopefully one one day you'll find a niche that sticks at least for a little longer, so you can have that kind of build up again before you pivot again. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the bigger challenges is to find is to make that decision though. When do you pivot? When do you keep? When do you double down? And yeah. I'm still still trying to find that balance. I think this year, the last last twelve months, I've gotten much more clear 
as to where, where we're heading. And I like where we're heading. It's going to be pretty great. Um, it's not going to be exactly what you've seen before. So we're, we are, we're working on the next, next wave and it's going to be super, it's going to be super valuable and super interesting to do it, but I'm doubling down on it. I'm not going to just going to dip my toes in the water. I'm going all in on it. So. Wow. That sounds huge. That sounds really. I'll tell I'm you like curious. nine. I'll tell you two years from now, so you can't copy it, Simo. <laughs> I know. No, no. I, I have my spies everywhere. I, I, have, I have weekly meetings, calls with your son, just talking about what's going on. <laughs> is that on a is that on a laptop with your with your logo on it uh, while your son's fishing? Are you just like sitting there like talking to my kid on Facetime while your while your son's fishing? <laughs> <laughs> that's just how we gotta talk about that picture simo <laughs> we gotta talk about that picture why did you have a laptop there's, while you're at the lake <laughs> well we were actually shooting a promo okay but it doesn't answer the question of course why did i have a laptop by the lake i do have one promo video where i i it's taken with a drone camera well i row the boat into this like the <laughs> smallest island literally the size of a of a sing, studio kitchen and i'm in the middle of the island like this and just working on the laptop and at no point while shooting that promo did we ever think about who does that? Like who rose? Who's <laughs> <laughs> a digital nomad now, Simo? That sounds like you sounds like yeah. you're the guy who's selling the dream that doesn't exist, man. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you, Where you is that video though? Uh, it's coming out one day. But you know, you, you know, amazing. We we found a lake like a couple of kilometers from our home, and we just rode to the middle of it for no reason, just for the shits and giggles. So so great, <laughs> yeah, it's living the dream. There are many lakes in Finland that let you row to the middle, and they actually have pretty good um, satellite coverage, so you can actually get some work done. But <laughs> even the intro videos in at the CXO courses that you have were still on the lake, so it seems like it's a team for you with the lake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, well, I'm from Finland, so we don't have really. There's not a lot of ground here. It's just lakes. Um, Jeff's been to one of our lakes as well. And actually, it's I the have. same lake where I rode to the middle, to the oh, little nice. island. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe next time you're over, we can row there together and do like a, this is how Simon and Jeff do their do their joint presentations and analyst conferences. And, uh, that's yeah. fair. But also, like, that's like, I'm just saying, when you, you should go to the lake and go to the lake. <laughs> I, yeah, you, just, <laughs> you, should, you should be in the present, man. <laughs> just I, I, I do want to let's make let's make content together is i think is a good idea let's do it yeah yeah we, we can do like um 10 ways to survive in the middle of a lake i think that would be the first one and j just yeah, put it through just, a lake we could go lake to lake i can be on a lake in minnesota and you can be on a lake in, in finland and we can do a satellite oh, call and have yeah. a data lake together yeah you can even oh data. man what a wow Ooh, data lake Together, it's I'm coming together. Today. <laughs> Welcome to season three of the Data Lake Podcast, formerly the Standard Deviation Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Dower, with my co-host Simo, sponsored by Luliana and her freelancing business, because we just changed the world. This is how you pivot, my friends. The guest takes over. This is how you pivot. This Jeff is how you pivot. <laughs> See this? I'm the captain now. <laughs> yeah, that means. <laughs> oh, okay, this is getting this is getting insubordinate and very silly. So we have to. This is why it. when when Simo said, "Hey, who are we going to have on the podcast?" and I was just sitting there, and you guys are completely ignoring me, and I said, "What about me?" and Simo's like, "I don't think that's a good idea." <laughs> I because you knew this was going to happen. Yeah, but let me just say, so so all the silliness aside, this has been, you know, I, I what I hope that people get out of this, and I really really think that it's obvious, is that. You know, we all have to chase something. And for many of us, like when we talk with Juliana and when we talk with, with Jen and when we talk with Doug and Julian, we all have different ideas of what it's like to be a participant in this industry. And I think that the cool thing that Jeff has found over the years is to this just, you know, stubbornly be in it by yourself, of course, with your family helping you out and then supporting you, but stubbornly be there because you, and then look for that niche and then reinvent yourself if necessary. Don't be afraid of reinventing yourself. And Juliana, when we had the initial conversation, you mentioned about your past dealings as a, as a, as a, as a business owner and the idea that, you know, it was a failure and, and you had to put it, put it away. And it's, it's, it is, it is a failure from the point of view that it, you had to stop doing it because of reasons, yeah. but at the same time, you know, it's, it's an amazing self-development and this sounds 
like a, like a really sucky thing to say, but it's an amazing self-development potential as well. Now you know what worked and what you didn't work. And next time you try it, it's easy to pivot to something that works a bit better. Yeah. I mean, really resonates 100%, with me. Yeah. yeah. I would say yeah. that I would say that I fail multiple times a day, but it's when you give up forever that you're a failure. So yeah. you, you can fail without being a failure. It's really it's within your realm. And even if you even if you tried it once, I always say that every time you screw up, that's just data. <laughs> and we all want data, right? Like you don't have your own data as to whether you're good at something or whether you can do it, right? Every time you try something is gathering data. And that's why mm-hmm. I'm in the way that Simo said that I'm all over the place and I'm, I'm prolific in what I do. Everything is just data. And then eventually I have enough that I can say, is this the right way to go? Is this going to hunt or not? And, and a lot of times it doesn't. But it's when you give up entirely on the idea of, of you and your career, whatever you're going for, that's, that's the only time that you can really call yourself yeah. a failure. Individual failings are not a problem. Yeah. But it, it does, it does require, but it does require like planning ahead. So, so you, you can't build a, yeah. a business that is founded on the idea of experimentation and pivoting. If you're working on, on, you know, investing investment funds, or if you're, if you have employees working for you, so you definitely need to approach it with a completely different type of, of financial security, completely different type of bootstrapping idea. And um, so it's, it's, it, of course, it's not for everybody, but for people who are our, our industry and the business of analytics is kind of fun in the way that we don't have to actually, you know, manufacture anything. We don't need warehouses. We don't need physical goods. You know, we are working with warehouses. our warehouses. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We're back to, we need data lakes and data warehouses, but <laughs> we don't need, we, we don't need like the artisanal approach to how to sculpt yeah. something out of wood or metal. You know, we are working with our intellectual capacity and, and, and that's a skill that, you know, when you take Jeff's courses, that is exactly what he tries to activate in you is to just tap into that intellectual capacity, whether it makes you a business owner or a course instructor or just a better employee or a better human being. That's, that's kind of everything is possible when you, when you, when you look into that stuff. Wow. I thought that, that was a compliment, by the way, a very, very long wind. Oh, I like it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was you can, very you can use that as a highlight when, when we develop our lake to lake protocol. I like it. If you have struggled with this, let me know. Send me a message on LinkedIn and I'll I'll get we'll get on the calendar and I'll just help you get unstuck or get you thinking about what could be a path. Not you know, it doesn't necessarily turn into anything immediate, but I like to have these conversations. My entire life is struggle. <laughs> um, it has been my entire career might not show that way on the external because of, of how I position things. Right. Um, but, but the internal is a lot of struggle, a lot of, a lot of doubt, a lot of like, did I do the right thing? And, and talking about it and just getting that roadmap really helps, you know, working with somebody or even talking to somebody who, who is there. Um, I like to make myself available for that. So send me a message on LinkedIn or Twitter and I'll give you my calendar link and we can do like 30 minutes and just chat. Can I also reach out to you? Yes, of course. Please do. I'll send will, you a note uh, right after this. I, I definitely have some questions. Uh, thank you for, for coming. I will share all the links uh, for people to be able to connect with you, learn from you, read you uh, in the episode notes. This was really, really good and inspiring because I think a lot of people, myself included, are just trying to figure it out. Like we're just That's what I said also about myself when people ask me what I do. Because I transitioned a lot of careers in the last yeah. years, and I'm just figuring it out every day at the time. Yeah. And um, I, I, I just think, yeah, uh, people shouldn't, you know, like it's okay to fail, it's okay to make mistakes, but you shouldn't, you know, give up. Just, you know, yeah. wait for the right time, plan better, and just be, I guess, more, uh, more aware. So, thank you so much, Jeff, for uh, for coming today. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. And. and- where where can people find you? And we, we we've talked about your business, but we actually probably haven't even mentioned it by name. We're talking about data driven you here, and yes. data driven. Yeah. Um, where can people find you? What's the best way to contact you? Yeah, so we have a website called datadrivenu.com, and on there there's a blog. There's links to our courses, um, links to some of our membership programs and stuff like that. You can you can read through. I would say the best way to do it is to just join our email list. It's right there prominent on the front page. Just join that. And then you'll you'll get a weekly newsletter on Fridays from us that's a curated um, set of, of things that are interesting in data-driven marketing and some inspirational messages. I'm actually working on V2.0. So you'll you'll be the first one to learn about um, where I'm heading and the new the new website we're launching. 
um, you'll be the first one to know if you're on our newsletter, you'll be the, you'll there and it's going to, and it'll be a lot of fun. So, um, if you just want to get a different perspective, it's not always about the work. It's more about the, the mental part behind the work and sort of the journey and the business case, then that, that would be a good fit for you. And that'll piggyback into everything else we do. So just join in that newsletter. Yeah. It, it complements our similar courses really nicely. <clears throat> I know that's why, that's why we should merge and become team, um, <laughs> teams. Like, so we'll take the, we'll take the, the, the first wait, half, wait. <laughs> uh, first half of my name and the last part of your, your company name, it'll be team sour. <laughs> sour. <laughs> or sour. The, the ER is from Simmer and then the SAU is from my last name. So that, that's, I think yeah. that's how we'll do it. <laughs> Thanks for giving us the ER. That's really, really generous of you. <laughs> that's really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's, it's always a pleasure. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have you on on again when V two is released. Um, and contrary to good. what you just said, actually, me and Juliana will be the first to hear about it. But then the mailing list people. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm I always it's always a pleasure, Juliana. It's just meeting you has been good. Just getting to know each other. Hopefully, we can have this a similar long term relationship like like Simo and I have had. And it's not I don't think I've laughed this much on a podcast. Um, hopefully, we're laughing with us, not at us. People, it's better oh, like I'm this just... than you know, just <laughs> always the same topic. So, thank you. Yeah, this All was right. fun. Thanks, Thank you. everybody. See you soon.